This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. Once upon a time, there was a government so paranoid about its hold on power that it treated everyone and everything as a threat and a reason to expand its powers. Unfortunately, the citizens of this nation believed everything they were told by their government, and they suffered for it. When terrorists attacked the country and the government passed massive laws aimed at paving the way for a surveillance state, the people believed it was done merely to keep them safe. The few who disagreed were labeled traitors. When the government waged costly preemptive wars on foreign countries, insisting it was necessary to protect the nation, the citizens believed it. And when the government brought the weapons and tactics of war home to use against the populace, claiming it was just a way to recycle old equipment, the people believed that too. The few who disagreed were labeled unpatriotic. When the government spied on its own citizens, claiming that they were looking for terrorists hiding among them, the people believed it. And when the government began tracking the citizenry movement, monitoring their spending, snooping on their social media, and surveying them about their habits, supposedly in an effort to make their lives more efficient, the people believed that too. The few who disagreed were labeled paranoid. When the government allowed private companies to take over the prison industry and agreed to keep the jails full, justifying it as a cost-saving measure, the people believed them. And when the government started arresting and jailing people for minor infractions, claiming the only way to keep communities safe was to be tough on crime, the people believed that too. The few who disagreed were labeled soft on crime. When the government hired crisis actors to take part in disaster drills, never alerting the public, to which disasters were staged, the people genuinely believed they were under attack. And when the government insisted it needed greater powers to prevent such attacks from happening again, the people believed that too. The few who disagreed were told to shut up or leave the country. When the government started carrying out covert military drills around the country, insisting it was necessary to train the troops for foreign combat, most of the people believed them. The few who disagreed, fearing that perhaps all was not what it seemed, were shouted down as conspiracy theorists and quacks. When government leaders locked down the nation, claiming it was the only way to prevent an unknown virus from sickening the populace, the people believed them and complied with the mandates and quarantines. The few who resisted or voiced skepticism about the government's edicts were denounced as selfish and dangerous and silenced on social media. When the government expanded its war on terrorism to include domestic terrorists, the people believed that only violent extremists would be targeted. Little did they know that anyone who criticizes the government can be considered an extremist. By the time the government began using nationalized police and the military to routinely lock down the nation, the citizenry had become so acclimated to such states of emergency that they barely even noticed the prison walls that had grown up around them. Now every fable has a moral, and the moral of this story is, if it looks like trouble and it smells like trouble, you can be sure there's trouble afoot. Unfortunately, the government has fully succeeded in recalibrating our general distaste for anything that smacks too overtly of tyranny. After all, like the proverbial boiling frogs, the government has been gradually acclimating us to the specter of police and the police state for years now. 
Militarized police, riot squads, camouflage gear, black uniforms, armored vehicles, mass arrest, pepper spray, tear gas, batons, strip searches, surveillance cameras, Kevlar vests, drones, lethal weapons, less than lethal weapons unleashed with deadly force, rubber bullets, water cannons, stun grenades, arrests of journalists, crowd control tactics, intimidation tactics, brutality. This is how you prepare a populace to accept the police state willingly and even gratefully. You don't scare them by making dramatic changes. Rather, you acclimate them slowly to their prison walls. Persuade the citizenry that their prison walls are merely intended to keep them safe and danger out. Desensitize them to violence. Acclimate them to a military presence in their communities and persuade them that only a militarized government can alter the seemingly hopeless trajectory of the nation. It's happening already. This is psychological warfare at its most sophisticated. Almost every national security threat that the government has claimed greater powers in order to fight, all the while undermining the liberties of the American citizenry, has been manufactured in one way or another by the government. What we've seen play out before us is more than mere totalitarian paranoia run amok. What has unfolded over the past few years has been a test to see how well we, the people, have assimilated the government's lessons in compliance, fear, and police state tactics. A test to see how quickly we, the people, will still march in lockstep with the government's dictates, no questions asked. And a test to see how little resistance we, the people, will offer up to the government's power grabs when made in the name of national security. Most critically of all, this has been a test to see whether the Constitution and our commitment to the principles enshrined in the Bill of Rights could survive a national crisis and true state of emergency. We have failed the test abysmally. We have also made it way too easy for a government that has been working hard to destabilize to lock down the nation. Suddenly, the events of recent years begin to make sense. The invasive surveillance, the extremism reports, the civil unrest, the protests, the shootings, the bombings, the military exercises and active shooter drills, the color-coded alerts and threat assessments, the fusion centers, the transformation of local police into extensions of the military, the distribution of military equipment and weapons to local police forces, the government databases containing the names of dissidents and potential troublemakers. The government is systematically locking down the nation and shifting us into martial law. Beware. This is how you prepare a populace to accept the police state willingly, even gratefully. But why be slaves when you can be free? As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and its fictional counterpart, The Eric Blair Diaries, it's time to wake up and stop being deceived by government propaganda. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. 
Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.